Good morning. Welcome to the virtual CISO Moment Cybersecurity Quick Strike for Monday, July 17th, 2023, as I get situated in my chair here. Start out from investment news. Charles Schwab Corporation, the parent company of TD Ameritrade, Ameritrade rather, has disclosed that it is just the latest company to suffer a data breach resulting from vulnerabilities found in, what do you think? Move it file transfer software. Yes, that's certainly been getting a lot of press recently. While the company claims that the computer systems of both companies remains unharmed, customer data stored on Ameritrade's Move It server was compromised. The incident is currently under investigation by both Schwab and Ameritrade, with a thorough analysis expected to be completed soon. Upon conclusion, Schwab says affected customers will be notified. The data breach holds significant implications as it contributes to one of the largest breaches of 2023, true, affecting millions of Americans. The compromised information puts individuals at an increased risk of identity theft and other fraudulent activities. It is crucial for customers who perceive a data breach notification from TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab, or I would say any place that you get a data breach notification from, particularly with the Move It issue, to understand the potential risks and take appropriate measures. Now, the cause of the breach, in case you haven't heard of this and been on vacation or under a rock recently, that stems from vulnerabilities discovered in the Move It software, which TD Ameritrade used on a limited basis. The incident came to light after the software's developers detected a zero-day vulnerability. Promptly responding to the potential security breach, TD Ameritrade ceased using Move It and promptly informed law enforcement. Simultaneously, an investigation was initiated to determine the scope of the breach and specific client data that may have been exposed. Although this investigation remains ongoing, Schwab estimates that approximately 0.5% of Ameritrade's clients may have been affected. Now, this could mean up to 55,000 clients. In a release, Schwab emphasized its commitment to providing regular updates to clients as new information emerges, ensuring direct communication with affected individuals it is anticipated that one of the two companies will issue a data breach, rather data breach letters to impacted customers in the near future. From bleeping computer, researchers at the RWTH Aachen, or Aachen University in Germany published a study revealing that tens of thousands of container images hosted on Docker Hub contain confidential secrets, exposing software, online platforms, and users to a massive attack surface. Docker Hub is a cloud-based repository, for those of you who don't know, for the Docker community to store, share, and distribute Docker images. These container creation templates include all of the necessary software code, runtime libraries, environment variables, and configuration files necessary to deploy an application in Docker. The German researchers analyzed 30, 337,171 images from Docker Hub and thousands of private registries. And they found that roughly 8.5% contained sensitive data such as private keys and API secrets. The paper further shows that many of the exposed keys are actively used, undermining the security of elements that depend on them, like hundreds of certificates. The study assembled a massive data set of 1.6 million layers from 337 plus Docker images, sourcing the latest image versions from each repository where possible. VCSO Services is a small, specialized, veteran-owned information security firm with a calling, founded on Christian values and focused on the needs of small and mid-sized businesses. 
Our passion is to help small and mid-sized businesses gain a fighting chance in an increasingly hostile cybersecurity threat environment by providing executive part-time virtual CISO services, information security risk management services, and CISO advisory services. Check them out at vcsoservices.com. Ukraine's Computer Emergency Response Team, CERT-UA, states that Russia-linked APT Gamma Radon starts stealing data 30 minutes after the initial compromise. Now, this is from Security Affairs. Ukraine's um, CERT-UA is warning that the Russia-linked APT group Gamma Radon, also known as Shuckworm, Act in EM, Armageddon, Primitive Bear, UAC-0010, and Trident Ursa, sounds like they have an identity crisis, used to steal data from victims' networks in less than an hour after its initial compromise. Now, this has been active since 2014, and activity focuses on Ukraine. The group was used, observed using the multi-stage backdoor uh, Peranodon, or Perodo, now, the group continues to carry out attacks against entities in Ukraine, including security services, military, and government organizations. Since the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the cyber espionage group has carried out multiple campaigns against Ukrainian targets. CERT-UA has monitored radon operations and was able to gather intelligence on the APT's tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs, because we like acronyms. The group often uses spear phishing emails and messages such as Telegram, WhatsApp, and Signal as an initial attack vector. The cyber spies often use accounts that have been previously compromised. HackRead reports teenagers face trial for hacking BT, NVIDIA, Rockstar Games, Revolt, and Uber. Both teenagers who are on trial in the UK have been accused of stealing associated um, with the infamous Lapsus hacking group. Now, one of the accused, 18-year-old Ariane Kurtage, has been referred to as a highly competent and genius by the prosecutors. Two UK teenagers are currently facing trial for engaging in serious computer misuse, blackmail, and fraud against BT Group PLC and NVIDIA. The 17-year-old hacker, whose name remains undisclosed due to legal restrictions, and his 18-year-old partner, um, are accused of, of course, being part of that group. They allege that the teenage hackers stole approximately one terabyte of sensitive data from NVIDIA and demanded ransom money from the BT group. And the article deals into the case, uh, details of the case and highlights the security implications raised by these cyber attacks. The prosecutors claim that the teenage hackers successfully infiltrated the systems at NVIDIA, a leading chip maker, and gained access to one terabyte of sensitive data. Now, accordingly, additionally, rather, the hackers targeted BT Group, a prominent British telecommunications company, hence the BT, I believe that that's what BT stands for, uh, demanding ransom money. Furthermore, the teenagers were involved in SIM swap fraud to steal cryptocurrency. Now, while the 17-year-old hacker pled guilty to two tart charges related to BT Group, he maintained a not guilty plea for the remaining charges. On the other hand, the legal restrictions on the 18-year-old partner was lifted this past week. Prosecution lawyer Kevin Barry acknowledged Kurt Jazz's technical skills, that's the 18-year-old, referring to him as a highly competent and genius, as we noted before. However, he, he also noted that the hacker's tendency to boast about his exploits online ultimately aided the investigators in tracking him down. So brain smart, not street smart, maybe? 
SD Magazine reports malware delivery via USB drives significantly increases. Now, malware attacks facilitated by USB drives have grown threefold during the first six months of 2023, with the Sogu and Snowy Drive campaigns by Chinese cyber espionage threat operation Temp.hex and UNC4698, respectively, being the most notable. This, again, according to the Leaping Computer, which is where the original article came from. The more aggressive of the two, the referenced article rather, the more aggressive of the two was the Sogu malware campaign, which has impacted organizations in the US, China, the UK, and other parts of the world, most of which have it been targeted at the pharmaceutical, IT, and energy sectors, according to a Mandiant report. Attacks by temp.hex have involved a core plug payload that deploys Sogu into memory, which then scans files with valuable data, executes commands and files, captures screenshots, and conducts key logging activities. How does it know which files to scan that have the valuable data until it scans them first? Uh-huh. Meanwhile, oil and gas entities in Asia have been targeted by the Snowy Drive campaign, which involved the distribution of a backdoor that enabled arbitrary payload execution via the Windows command prompt. Once target is, targets have been lured to launch an executable on a USB drive, Snowy Drive malware components that have different roles in the attack process have been extracted and executed. Dark Reading reports a critical security vulnerability in Cisco's SD-WAN vManage software could allow a remote unauthenticated attacker to gain, read, and limited write positions and access data. This bug carries a score of 9.1 out of 10 on the CVSS vulnerability severity scale, and it exists in the vManage API, which is used to monitor and configure Cisco devices running on an overlay network, the company explained. This vulnerability is due to the insufficient request validation when using the REST API feature, according to Cisco's July 12th advisory. An attacker could exploit this vulnerability by sending a crafted API request to an affected vManage instance. Now, Cisco has issued a fix, and affected customers should apply the patch as soon as possible. Last month, Cisco delivered a patch for Flow and its AnyConnect Severe Mobility Client software, which enables remote workers to connect to a virtual private network VPN, as if you didn't know. From Tech Republic, Gartner says due to the stress, half of cyber leaders will change jobs and a quarter will quit the field. Or if you were like me, maybe some are going to start their own business. Gartner's 2023 to 2024 cybersecurity outlook, which the consultancy presented this week, contains good news and bad. There has been a significant shift from three years ago when chief information security officers were struggling to exert board level influence. Now, Gartner predicts that by 2025, nearly half of cyber leaders will change jobs with 25% moving to different roles entirely due to multiple work-related stresses. This is one of the reasons why, particularly when I do the interviews every Tuesday on the virtual CISO moment, that we talk about ideas on how to de-stress. It's a serious problem in our industry, and we need to not ignore it. We need to address it. Quote, it's another acceleration caused by the pandemic and staffing shortages across the industry, said Craig Porter, Director Advisory for Gartner Security Research and Advisory Team, adding that security teams are in the spotlight when things go wrong, but not celebrated when attacks aren't successful. The work stressors are on the rise for cybersecurity and becoming unsustainable. It seems like that we're always, it's always good dog, never great dog. The possible outcomes in our jobs as security risk management professionals are either get hacked or don't get hacked. This is still the quote from him. That puts security risk management leaders on the edge of their limits with profound and deep psychological impacts that affect decisions and performance. 
Now, Gartner suggests security and risk management leaders need to change the culture. Quote, cyber, still from Porter, cybersecurity leaders can change the rules of engagement through collaborative design with stakeholders, delegating responsibility and being clear on what's possible and what's not and why, said Porter. He added that creating a culture where people can make autonomous decisions around risk is, quote, an absolute must. Finally, for today, we're going to go head over to our list for the day. One of my favorite things that I do on a Monday and Friday when I have lists. And for those of you unfamiliar, I sometimes will come across like an article that says like the top X number of things for whatever thing. And if the title sounds interesting, I'll save the URL, pop it open for the first time when I'm talking with you and give you my initial reaction. So this one was an interesting one. It's rather short. It is um, from McKinsey. Four general or four essential questions, rather, for boards to ask about generative AI. Now, a couple of good points here in the article. Why it, it the title grabbed my attention? First of all, obviously, generative AI is a big topic of this year with regards to a whole bunch of things, including its influence on information security. But the other thing here too, a little bit more subtly implied is boards needing to ask questions about things related to information security. The more engaged a board is, the better the security posture of the company. And conversely, if you're a CISO or a virtual CISO, one of your goals should be to make sure that that communication and that interest in cybersecurity is heightened as much as possible. So without any further ado, let's see what we have here. Um, the first one it looks like that they say is how will generative AI affect our industry and company in the short and longer term? Uh, forming any sensible generative AI strategy will require an understanding of how the technology might affect the industry and business within the short and long term. McKinsey's research suggests that the first wave of applications will be in software engineering, marketing, and sales, customer service, and product development. As a result, the early impact of generative AI will probably be in the industries that rely particularly heavy on the, those functions. So like media and entertainment, banking, consumer goods, telecommunications, life sciences, and technology companies that would tend to make sense. Number two, are we balancing value creation with adequate risk management? <laughs> That's a question that needs to be asked all the time with everything. Um, an assessment of the new frontiers opened by generative AI will rightly make management teams eager to re begin innovating and capturing its value, but that eagerness will need to be accompanied by caution as generative AI is not well, if not well managed, has the potential to destroy value and reputation. So make sure you're addressing in some way, shape, or form generative AI on your annual and recurring and ongoing risk assessments. Number three, how should we organize for generative AI? Many companies took an experimental approach, according to the article here, to implementing previous generations of AI technology. I've not been too impressed with some of the previous generations of AI technology, but that's just me. Uh, given the speed of developments now within the market, though, it is rather impressive this year. I personally rely on ChatGPT as a foundation, if you will. I've mentioned this before, that I, I really don't like seeing like the copy and paste um, policies, procedures, uh, posts on LinkedIn, for example. Come on. I mean, it's pretty easy to see that yeah, the, the style came from generative AI. The, 
generative AI may be great with regards to presenting information, but not too great in as far as varying style. But I'll bet you that's coming pretty soon. You can choose the different types of style that you want. Anyway, um, given the speed of developments, companies will make need to make a more coordinated approach now. That makes sense. Getting stuck in pilot mode really isn't an option. So in other words, the horse has left the barn at this point in time. It's not just about like thinking about how to lead how to lead the horse out of the barn. The horse is out. Did it go out into the pasture or did it go out and escape through the front door and now is running down the street and you got to go chase after it? Think about that. Um, and then finally, do we have the necessary capabilities? Um, and so they they say that they need to review the organizational capabilities on three fronts: technology, talent, and organizational structure. So good article from McKenzie. I would encourage you to check it out. The link, as always, is in the show notes. Now, that's it for today. Now, coming up on the virtual CISO moment, tomorrow we have Tom Kemp. He is a Silicon Valley-based entrepreneur, investor, author, and policy advisor. He is the author of the book containing big tech, How to Protect Our Civil Rights, Economy, and Democracy. That's coming out next month. Excited to see that. Then I got a special for you this week. Wednesday, we have Wes Spencer. He is VP and Channel Chief for Fifth Wall Solutions, one of the largest cyber insurance brokers in the country. He has served as a senior executive and advisor on Fortune 500 to funded startups and was awarded the 2020 Cybersecurity Educator of the Year by the Cybersecurity Excellence Awards. You've probably seen some of his video creation. He's very prolific in that in LinkedIn. So check that out. And then next Monday, Got another special. Denny Wan joins us. We talk an awful lot of things about information security, including diving into FAIR and how that can help small and mid-sized businesses and also how making sure that CFO and the CISO have good communications lines. And that's it. So that's three jam-packed interviews all within the span of seven days. We try to give you the best value that we can here at the Virtual CISO Moment because we appreciate your support. And that is it for today. And as always, stay secure.